0: How do they go about exploring it further? On today's show, we are going to be talking about startup journalism in India. Yes, and there are three different components to this. There is startups, then there's journalism and there's India. And let me briefly touch upon each of them. So at the very core, we are talking about journalism, which if you look it up on Wikipedia, It refers to simply gathering and processing of news and then disseminating it to an audience. And of course, this news can be on a variety of topics. It could be on current events, politics, government, business, fashion, lifestyle, anything that the journalist thinks is newsworthy. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about startup journalism, which is nothing but reporting on various events which are happening in the startup world. And we are going to focus specifically on startup journalism in India in this episode. So you might ask, okay, why make it so specific? And the reason is very simple. If you take the job of a journalist it can vary quite a bit depending on the area that he or she is working in. So as an example, let's take a White House reporter who works in the US. Their job and their day-to-day activity will be fairly different compared to, let's say, a tech news reporter who works with a tech news website such as TechCrunch. And so similarly, the job of a startup journalist in India can be fairly different compared to the job of a startup journalist in, let's say, Silicon Valley in the US. And that's simply because the startup scene in India is relatively new. It has started to come up much more recently. And now there's a lot of activity going on in India. Many, many people are starting companies. There's a lot of funding activity, but it's still much more recent compared to Silicon Valley. And that, of course, results in differences which we'll get into during our discussion with our guest on today's show. So let me introduce our guest. Her name is Aparna Kosh, and Aparna works as a senior correspondent with Your Story Media. Your Story Media is a media platform that covers the startup ecosystem in India. It is one of the most widely read news outlets on startup news in India and is also very well respected. And Aparna was in fact one of the first few startup reporters to join your story and in fact one of the first few startup reporters in India. So clearly she comes with a lot of experience and she has seen the space evolve as she's worked in it. In terms of her background, she has a background in computer science and engineering from Anna University in India and then she did an MS in journalism ...from Graduate School of Journalism at Columbia University... ...which is rated as one of the best journalism schools across the world. Aparna, through her career, has worked with some very well-known news outlets in India. She worked as a trainee reporter with Indian Express... ...and then she worked as a staff writer on Startups with Mint... ...which is the second largest business newspaper in India. And of course, most recently... Aparna has been working as a senior correspondent with your story. As you'll listen to the discussion with Aparna, you'll find that Aparna comes not only with a lot of experience in this space, but also a lot of passion for this space. She shares a number of stories, which are all very interesting, very engaging, funny. And so I really hope that you enjoy today's discussion and find it helpful. And without further ado, let's welcome Aparna to the show. Hey Aparna, how are you? Thank you for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks, Anali. Thanks for the intro. Really.
0: <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, definitely. Man, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion. One thing Same here. Yeah, one thing which I'm really curious about. So you're a startup reporter and you work with your story, which as I understand is sort of the place that many startups in India want to be mentioned in. So Absolutely. So do you get like a lot of requests from startups saying that, hey, Aparna, let me take you out for coffee and then maybe you can write about me at your story?
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's absolutely how a typical day is. As a reporter for your story, we we get loads and loads of requests it could be pr requests it could be requests from founders of uh, companies themselves it could be any kind of request like it could be a coffee meeting it could be a lunch meeting it could be even drinks so so it varies like everybody wants their story out there yeah, so yeah.
0: yeah yeah that's that that's, must be quite a uh like how do you handle that because like do you just sort of ignore the emails then or do you say something well, no. yes or no
1: no we don't uh, as a journalist first of all we don't ignore any emails what we try to do is filter out what we can do right now and what is more relevant like timeliness is a big factor for every journalist so we try to pick up things that are more relevant now like if there is a request that that seems to be in the most happening sector then we take it up right now like I see. as as a priority
0: i see and for the others you'll probably say uh, yeah
1: we we reply to every email and we tell them uh, hey we are interested but we don't want to do it right now because this 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 reason and we would like to pursue this in the coming weeks probably got it
0: got it so like so on an average how many emails do you get in a day from startups
1: um well i can tell you when when i went on a break for my wedding which was like i think 7 day break I came back to around 2000 emails. Oh
0: my god (laughs) oh my god so if I I round that off to 2100 that's 300 emails a day.
1: Yeah but uh, that's not only requests it could also be internal like we gather like a pool of requests also like things that go to your story uh, Mm. info or something like that so it comes to all of us so everything put together yeah
0: I would say roughly
1: 200 (laughs) emails a day
0: (laughs) all right yeah so maybe maybe we'll have a section on on email management but anyway uh, oh yeah all right so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey so far Okay,
1: so well, you already mentioned in the intro, I am an engineer turned journalist. Uh, So I was a computer science engineer. I studied at Anna University. And post that I worked for three years in a programming role. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, I loved it because I was pretty good at it. But In the background, I always knew that I wanted to be a journalist because my father is a journalist as well. So I saw that all my life and uh, I knew I would would move to journalism at some point in my career. Mm. But my father advised me. Those are the golden words I would tell anybody who is even thinking of getting into journalism. He told me, I was, I was, I think, 16 post high school. He told me, I said, I'm going to join sociology. I got it in the best college in Chennai. I'm going to join that. Don't don't give me this nonsense about like engineering and stuff. Mm -hmm. He's like, listen, Abarna, if you want to be a journalist, A, the only rule for you is to be an expert in something and then be a journalist. Your flair for writing is not going to go away, but... Your knowledge about a subject will increase if you get formal education in that and exposure. Mm. So then I was I was quite dumbstruck. I was like, what? Oh, my God, I have to go through uh, like I have to go through engineering. He's like, well, if of all the education options you have right now, if engineering is the best apart from sociology, yeah, sure. That's the option for you. I was like, "Okay, let me do this then. I want to be a technology reporter someday. So, well, I did that. So I joined an university and Mm. I, after I finished my engineering, you know, social pressure and everything, everybody (laughs) said, Hey, you know, you've spent four years of your life. Why don't you want to, you know, practice it a little before you give it up completely? Mm. I said, but I'm not going to give it up as a journalist, I'm going to be even more connected to things that are happening every day. But people said, No, why don't you be in the core of it? and then decide to write about it Mm. so I said okay you know what I'll give it three years after three years of programming I was offered a really really interesting hike and a very very cushy promotion Mm -hmm. and I sat down in the manager's room and I said hey you know what, I always wanted to be a journalist. And if I take up this offer that you've kept in front of me, I know that I'm going to be so happy in life. I'm never going to go back to journalism. (laughs) And my manager looked at me. He was quite surprised. He was like, hey, Aparna, this is quite a big hike. Do you want me to increase it? Do you want to negotiate i said no i really don't want to even look at what you've offered mm-hmm. me because i think i think journalism is not going to pay me as much mm-hmm. and if i look at what i'm going to miss out my opportunity cost will probably uh, lure me back here uh-huh. so i'm going to yeah. i'm going to walk out now i'm going to send my resignation and at the end of the day he said okay well good luck to you and well he gave me he gave me really good recommendations to go forward so right. that was a a turning point in my life Mm. and after that well i i moved on i joined indian express and well i joined Columbia after that Mm. it was it was great it's been really good
0: dude that that, that's a that's a very very interesting story so if i understand your dad's advice correctly what he was saying is that before you become a reporter on something you should first Mm -hmm. be an expert in that topic yeah, is that absolutely. What he was saying? Okay. Uh,
1: because I would say, in simple terms, you want somebody who understands the subject to write about it rather than have somebody who doesn't understand write about it, right? Mm-hmm. No. That's- because from an interview, there is only so much you can understand. But if you already have formal training in the subject, you know a lot of things that happen
0: behind the scenes. Right, 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 right. So this was when you were in high school, right? So did you yeah. know at that time that you wanted to sort of report in the technology space?
1: I didn't know much about the technology space at that point but I was sure that I would write about science probably science and something in those lines because I was going into technology right like Mm. computer science engineering so I knew I wouldn't write about medicine after that I would probably (laughs) write about computers and I don't know like high-tech stuff right? maybe right. robotics or artificial intelligence so yeah That's actually, a little bit I, I had a hint
0: no this is very interesting because uh i mean we're talking about i guess back this must have been back in uh, i guess 2002 something like yeah, that right so absolutely at that time i think like startups were not even like right now startups are such a fad in india i don't think that was the case at that time right
1: that wasn't that wasn't uh, i think the word startup even became a term in the newsroom, I think, uh, probably in 2006, after Flipkart made its entry oh, as the right, biggest startup in right, India. So, right. so okay. that's when the, the term startup even got any attention.
0: Interesting. Interesting. All right. So before we, I mean, this is great. I, I, I'm 100% sure that you're going to have a lot of very interesting stories to share. But before yep. we get into them, why don't you first describe for us the role of a reporter?
1: Okay, so a role of a reporter, I would say it is, it breaks down into three bits, right? One is your role towards society. One is your role towards your employer. And one is your role towards fulfilling your own duties, like role to yourself. Hmm. So I would say your role towards society would be, what is the truth? Don't you want to tell people what is happening around them? Like, people don't have the time To know by experiencing certain things so what you have to do is present to them the experience in words Mm -hmm. so I would say that is your role towards society Mm -hmm. and role to your employer is are you doing enough to get paid for whatever you're getting paid Uh, and your employer always has a sort of inclination, some editors, some employers might be more inclined towards technology, they might tell you, hey, you know what, I want you to focus on these things, and focus less on these things. He might say, you like writing really long stories, but hey, I want you to write shorter stories. Like, mm-hmm. So you have to be able to fulfill that role as well. Right. And role to yourself, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about writing really long stories, going in depth, or do you wanna write like really short news items? What do you wanna write about? Mm. Do you write wanna write about profiles? Do you wanna write news? Like what is it that you wanna write? So that you have to figure out and you have you have a duty to yourself. So mm. I'd say those are the three main roles of a reporter. Apart from that, of course, there are everyday roles. Submit stories, get stories, present them, <laughs> tweet about them. Of course, those are just mundane yeah. things.
0: No, absolutely. No, that's actually a great definition and how would you say looking back at your experience so far mm-hmm. if you were to think about your role as a journalist as a 100% uh, mm-hmm. how would you split that role among these three elements
1: i would say well as as a journalist and as a as a journalist, who's just started off, like say four or five years, is still nascent stage, right? It's mm-hmm. not it's not like you're super experienced. Well, the ecosystem itself is not experienced, so you're still bound by certain rules that your employer gives you. So I would say it has been inclining towards. I have written stories that my employer has wanted me to write. Uh, so I would say fifty percent to employer employer friendly stories, mm-hmm. and thirty uh, percent to what I have really wanted, what people have you know missed out, and I've wanted to tell them right. about that. Right. So that's my duty towards the society, yeah. and uh, the third bit I've done twenty percent for myself, like I can't really tell that i've written long stories because that's what i would love to write Hmm. but i have managed to write a few really good shorter versions of profiles which i am very passionate about so Hmm. once in like five months or something i tell myself hey i really need to write what i want to write so then i i take time out and i write it
0: right 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 so that's an interesting point that you make that you bring out which is that when you're early on in your career a big chunk of what you write will be driven by what your employer is interested in. but then, Absolutely, yes. Yeah, as you start establishing yourself, you'll get more and more freedom to choose to work on what you want to work yes. on.
1: Yes, like I doubt uh, Arnab Goswami has somebody telling him that he has to ask these questions, right? <laughs> yeah, so he, yeah. I don't think so. Him, so.
0: Given but how that. his debates go, that's unlikely. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. so yeah, so so taking your definition of a journalist then, how would you use that definition to describe the role of a startup journalist then?
1: So a startup journalist is not very different from an actual journalist, right? An actual journalist writes about things like business, politics, arts, lifestyle, things like that. But a startup journalist focuses just on startup aspect of it. Like he or she writes only about early stage businesses. So I think there is a lot tied up Into that definition, a startup journalist, I think, is more excited in general and has a lot more work to do because when a company is smaller, there is less hierarchy, there is less processes in place. It's always chaos. So when you're reporting about startups, I think your life is also sort of on the lines of chaotic.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to talk about the key differences you've seen, Mm -hmm between the the job of let's say someone who's reporting on politics or the Mm -hmm. government and then the the job of a startup reporter what are the maybe pros and cons right like what would come to mind
1: Okay, so I haven't reported much about anything else. But of course, I do know journalists who have worked in the other beats. So I would say biggest difference between startup uh, reporting and any other form of reporting, say politics or uh, lifestyle, Hmm. I think would be that in startup reporting, you are dealing with really, really young, brilliant minds there is a sort of there is a sort of passion attached to that sort of those stories and for any other kind of reporting you have people who have you know been there done that sort of like veterans in the space talking about what they've done so right as a startup reporter that doesn't excite me as much as a 23 year old out of college telling me hey you know what i was sitting in the hospital my mother was ill and i i thought hey this is really a messed up system what are they doing like i don't want to i don't want to mm-hmm. live by these rules mm-hmm. i want to build my own hospital management system and then in 8 months he has a hospital management system
0: right and i right. would
1: say that is great
0: that, that's a good so, point
1: Yeah, so I I think there is a whole lot of excitement and passion in these kind of stories than in any other beat, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. And do you think that the fact that you're dealing with, typically speaking, a much younger crowd, does Mm -hmm. that make your job easier or harder?
1: Well, I would say uh, yes and no. Like, It is both difficult and hard. It is difficult because sometimes you don't see why they are approaching a certain problem in a certain way because you are not 21 years old now you're nearing 30 and you <laughs> you start thinking your life and your your thought process starts becoming very process oriented like it's like protocols right, right you go right. by this rule okay this has to be done this way and you're very organized but those kids are like hey you know what i just thought about this like last night when i was drinking and this is what i came up with so
0: yeah, so you know that's it, it's done so yeah
1: you don't understand that yeah, you, yeah. you're like hey boss grow up right when are you gonna grow up but but actually what they what they say makes sense yeah. but it takes some time for you to understand so I would say it is difficult in that respect but it is easy because you see the kind of you see the kind of excitement they talk about they talk about it with and you feel suddenly elated Hmm. You feel so happy that these kids are doing something. Look at me, like what am I doing?
0: Yeah,
1: you know, that that sort of thing. So it it makes you really happy as well. So I would yeah. say it's it's easy and difficult. Right, right.
0: So um, how do you find stories in this space, and also like what qualifies as a story for you?
1: Okay, uh, what qualifies as a story? So I would say anything that is newsworthy sort of it could be it could be funding well, i'm saying funding first but actually i'm not i'm not a big fan of funding news because i think real successful startups are startups that don't need to raise vc funding so but yeah well the media has made funding a big big success metric so i think funding is newsworthy and a launching of a new product by an old startup is newsworthy. A launch of a new startup itself is newsworthy. Hmm. I would say um, companies shutting down IPOs, mergers and acquisitions, anything that makes sense in the business world, I think, I think would make sense for my readers. So my readers are usually businessmen and VCs who are interested in knowing what's happening in the sector. So I would say whatever interests you know, these old guys just drinking coffee and checking out their balances in their Swiss accounts. I think that's what will excite everybody.
0: Now, that, that's actually you bring out a great point, which is that you are well aware of the audience of your story. And accordingly, yeah. you are tuning your content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to go a little bit deeper into that. Right. So you mentioned that some of the things that could be newsworthy is a new startup that's launching or a new product mm-hmm. that a startup is coming out with. But Mm -hmm. now if you take the Indian startup scene, there are so many startups, right? And as you Mm -hmm. said yourself, you went away for vacation for seven days, you came back to 2000 emails, right? So let's assume that there were like 100 new startups in your inbox. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you don't report on all of them. So how do you pick and choose which ones you actually write a story on?
1: So this is where your employer's intent comes in, right? Your employer's vision. If I had to speak about my former employer, I would say they liked stories like Mint, I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. they liked stories where people had actually been in the startup phase for at least like, you know, a good eight, nine months and who had, you know, actually got some traction. So we were told to report about such startups. But in the case of your story, which is very, very pro-entrepreneurship, I think I have been told very clearly to write whatever... I think is newsworthy, whatever I think has a story. So right now, we are currently all about telling stories. Hmm. If it is a startup that has just launched yesterday, but it has been launched by a 13-year-old,
0: hmm. well,
1: it's a no-brainer. <laughs> I just write
0: about you it. Write about
1: it. I don't yeah. care about traction.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's easy for me to filter down because I just have to use the algorithm of my employer's intent.
0: Okay. That's it. Okay. So it's driven a lot by the sort of the vision that your employer has. and Yeah, what absolutely. Okay. All right. So I think you just described what qualifies as a story in your mind. Mm-hmm. But then how do you even find these stories?
1: So um, every reporter is on every PR's list. So one of the main, main sources of stories, I would say are through PR's. So PR's, public relations officers from various organizations like get in touch with us and they they pitch stories to us so they think that they've been trained to pitch the way journalists like it so <laughs> they come up with really weird really out of the box kind of story ideas. But well, we we see through all of that and we we take what we like and we don't take what we don't like. Mm. So PRs, I would say, are the biggest uh, sources. And second, of course, like every journalist has to be tracking individually their own own set of startups. Like if I were to say, okay, these 10 startups or these 100 startups are mine. They are my babies. So Mm. whatever happens with these guys, I will write about them. Okay. So I will I will constantly be in touch with the founders or their spokespersons or their corp coms. So see. when they give me a news tip off, then I write about it. That is the second way. And of course, like the third way would be a network. Like somebody has somebody who's in a startup who did something, right? So
0: yeah.
1: it's word of mouth.
0: I see. Okay. So, so
1: I hear a lot of I get a lot of stories like that. And of course, the fourth, but not the most proud way to source stories is from your competitors. <laughs> yeah. Like once yeah. once your competitor has it out, there is a certain pressure on you to get the story out as well. Yeah. So yeah. I actually, guess that is one way.
0: Yeah, but that, that's another great point, which is that I think there is a little bit of a pressure in the news world that who is the first one to break a story, right? Yep. So how do you deal with that?
1: Well, um, there is no way to deal with that, right? You have to either succumb to that pressure and get the story out before the competitor gets it out. Or if the competitor has already broken the story, then your, I think the most logical way to progress from that point would be to report more on the story, interview more people related to the news and get a more perspective oriented story out there i see so it can it can take it can take about a couple of hours more also but if you have more solid story i think that beats whether you came first or not
0: right 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 can you walk us through sort of a typical project from the time that you that you start to look for a story right so there's nothing that that you have immediately in mind till the time that you actually publish it what does that process look like
1: Okay, so I would say uh, the process is three part, like I already mentioned. First part is sourcing the stories. Second part is writing the stories. And third part is presenting slash publishing the stories, right? Mm. So I would say the first part of sourcing, for example, I hear from a PR that there is a new product, new startup being launched. So the PR connects me to this person. The founder of the startup and fixes a chat with the person with mm-hmm. the founder mm-hmm. and then i talk to the founder and i say hey okay this is really interesting right we should write the story soon because i think you probably might want to get it out a little early and then we go into like in-depth questions like what is competitor like a lot of those things like how much funding do you have are you even backed? what is this landscape like how is the sector look and everything we go through all of those questions. And then I pick it up. I make notes when I'm talking to the person. And of course, I, I'm always recording conversations. So I record the conversation. When I write quotes, I need the exact quotes, right? Otherwise, it comes out a misquoting.
0: So it's like an audio recording.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I tell the person before I get on the call that, hey, I'm going to be recording the conversation. So
0: i see i see Got
1: so it. then i take the notes i write the story which takes about a couple of hours i'd say i try to write 600 to 800 word story in an hour and a half or 2 hours oh, so. and then we send it to our editors and our editors uh, send it to sub editors who correct the story grammatical they do a little fact checking capitalize some yeah. names and yeah. all of that they make it abide by the style style code of the organization and then they send it back to us and they tell us to publish it so this takes about a couple of hours more and I think at the end of the day about six to seven hours after I first got the uh, did the interview I think my story is ready to publish so I go on (laughs) I go on WordPress or whatever the platform is and I submit it and my editor has to finally approve the copy. And then it goes live the following day.
0: That's amazing. So it's like 24 hour turnaround. That's brilliant. So, I mean, on an average, how many stories would you work on on a typical day?
1: Typically, a startup reporter, the more efficient startup reporters write two stories a day. Hmm. And... Everybody is expected to write at least one. Unless you're working on a longer story, then I think you're allowed to take a couple of days more. So yeah, I would say an average of 20 to 25 stories a month.
0: I see, I see. And I want to go a little bit deeper on the process that you described, which is sourcing, then writing and then publishing. So uh-huh. I think sourcing, I understand. I, it does seem to me, though, and correct me if I'm wrong, that so, I mean, as, as you mentioned that the, the sort of the bulk of your stories are coming through these PR people who are telling you uh-huh. that, hey, this thing is happening in the startup world. And of course, you have your feelers coming in from your network, etc. Uh-huh. But do you think that a good reporter has to have some sort of a sixth sense for what will make a good story? Like, oh, this sounds like something that my readers will enjoy.
1: Absolutely, because that sixth sense is what journalism is all about. Mm-hmm. Because there are thousands of stories around us every day. Everything is a story. But what would my readers like? See, my readers might be different when I'm working at your story. And my readers might be different when I'm working with Mint. So what would my readers at your story like? Yeah. So I need to know that if it's something like, a, like I mentioned, like a 13-year-old starting a company, man who wouldn't like reading such a story right so of course like it takes a lot of experience for you to know these are the stories that actually are like read virally you know like stories that go viral I would say it takes a little uh, time two three years of writing crappy stories I think (laughs) <laughs> and after that, you should be at a good place to figure out that, you know, I don't want to ruin my brand name by writing a shady story like That's this. True. So I'm not going to write it. Yeah. So it becomes a combination of your brand image plus your readership's interest.
0: Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. And, and then you talked about the next step is writing. So mm-hmm. in your opinion, Nick, like, how important is it to be a good writer? to be a good startup journalist
1: so when i was at grad school at columbia i was told that a reporter is called a reporter because he just has to report the story mark twain was a reporter he would just pick up news and write it like a telegram Mm. today i saw fire in brooklyn full stop (laughs) end of story so this is this was the story back in the days but it has evolved over, over the last century, I would say. And now there is an inherent uh, expectation from employers that you write at least decently well. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it falls on the editor's head and the sub-editor's head to rewrite and restructure your story. And it becomes double effort. Okay. So they, they make sure they pick up journalists who have a flair for
0: writing. I see, I see. So, And I, I guess that is also something that you develop over a period of time.
1: Um, flair for writing is, uh, I think, born with you. But the art of writing, you might be able to pick up mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Like, once you go through a rigorous sort of training, like a, a journalism school, mm-hmm. then they sort of tell you, hey, a story has to have this, this and this. Right. So then you are bound to learn that way too. But like, you know, it's not gonna look beautiful. It's not gonna be like I don't know T.S. Eliot's writing or George. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not literature. Yeah,
1: Shaw's writing. So
0: yeah, yeah. All right. So you know, I'm actually very curious about one thing, which is that from your bio, you are or you were one of the first few startup reporters in India. So uh, first of all, what was that like? So when you in initially when you were in high school you wanted to do reporting in the technology space which is still like very broad right and then mm-hmm. finally when you graduated you decided to focus on startups and it was clearly a very nascent uh, space at that time so what was right. your thought process at that time like were you scared were you nervous
1: well you said it right there were not many reporters before me i would say I mean, maybe less than a handful, like mm-hmm. maybe less than 10. Right. And they were they were completely in different organizations. And each organization would have like one or two max. And your story at that point, your story started in 2008, if I'm not wrong, or eight years before back so uh, they had a bunch of reporters so they had the majority of startup reporters uh, back then and mint on the other hand i was the first reporter for mint like the position uh-huh. that was advertised to us the position that was posted at the columbia career fair was a new one so basically there was no precedence mm-hmm. you know like i was clueless when i saw the position on uh, my career uh, website I actually Googled what startup means. I I did not know what startup means. Well, I applied, I got the job. Uh, That's a different story. But it shows how naive or ignorant a lot of people were about startups at that point. I'm talking about 2012. Hmm. So I was clueless. When I came back to India from Colombia and I started work at Mint, there was nobody else to tell me, hey, you know what, you're a startup reporter. You need to do this, this and this. Right. My editor told me, you know what, you're your own boss, Do whatever the heck you want. And that put a lot more
0: pressure on me.
1: Because I didn't know whether writing five stories a week was good or whether I had to write 12.
0: Right. But you know, so I mean, that's exactly the point that because there was no precedent. So what what is it that compelled you? Did it ever cross your mind to go into like a more safe sort of journalism area like business or politics?
1: Well, um, so the good thing for me was that I was fresh in journalism, like reporting in general in India, right? So I had just come back from grad school. And had I had to start in arts or lifestyle or science and technology or medicine, I would have had to face the same difficulties. But of course, I would have found a mentor who had already been in the space who could have connected me to the right people. But no, actually, I, I, I don't think the thought really crossed my mind.
0: (laughs) Okay. And I'm happy it didn't. No, that that's good to know. I mean, I guess it sort of is a good like a good fit, right? You're reporting on startups which are traditionally, you know, typically founded by people who have this sort of attitude that, you know, you're not really sure what you're getting into, you just want to do it Mm -hmm. and so you do it and you're sort of Mm -hmm. the same. So it's good that you're reporting on something that you are yourself sort of, at least personality wise.
1: Yeah, that makes sense, yeah.
0: So, I mean, so you, you spent bulk of your career reporting on startups in India, but from what I understand, you've also spent some time in the U.S. So do you see any difference in your role between India and the U.S.?
1: I would say I've seen the startup culture in the U.S. and in India. And I would say in India, the media is hell focused on funding and they consider that a success metric as opposed to in the U.S. They don't. Of course, funding is important, but that is not the most important. That is a huge difference between India and the U.S. Okay, okay. And as a startup reporter, the other difference is that there are way more people in the league over here uh, in the U.S. Okay. And as opposed to in India, there are very few startup reporters. Even now, I would say the number is less than two dozen.
0: Oh, wow. So okay. <laughs> I didn't so, know that. Okay.
1: Yeah, or or I I could be wrong. It could be three dozen. Yeah,
0: but it's not many, yeah.
1: But it's still a small number compared to in the U.S. So there is always a lot of peer-to-peer knowledge transfer that happens in the U.S. uh, As opposed to in India, it's not as much. Okay. Of course, after joining your story, my views on peer-to-peer knowledge transfer being very limited in India uh, has changed because a lot of transfer of knowledge happens within the company where I work right now. So yeah. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, your story is a good platform that way, right? Because it's... Oh,
1: it's a great... Yeah. It's a great... If, you, if you're if you reporting startups in India, I think your story is the one-stop destination yeah. for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there anything else other than your story?
1: Um... Of course, there are others. Non-traditional media, I would say. There is Your Story. There's VC Circle, which was acquired by News Corp very okay. recently. Okay. I would say last year or year before. And there is something called Next Big What, started mm-hmm. by Ashish Sinha, former Yahoo employee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, non-traditional, there are these three. And of course, traditional, there is Economic Times, Times of India, which are sister concerns. Right. They, they are big. Economic Times is big on startup reporting. So they have a team of about a dozen focusing on startups. I
0: see, I see.
1: And then of course there is Mint, uh, which is the second biggest for startups. Yeah. And then there would be business line, business standard, financial Times, stuff like that.
0: But right.
1: everybody else is very, very insignificant.
0: <laughs> if, if let's say a candidate comes to you and they're looking for a job in startup reporting, how would mm-hmm. you help them figure out what kind of company should they work at amongst all the ones that you mentioned?
1: Oh, <laughs> if they came to me, I would say please join your story, but,
0: but an uh, unbiased but if, answer.
1: <laughs> I, I'm biased. I'm I'm shamelessly biased. So I feel like if you're a startup supporter and you wanna be in India, then I don't see another destination. I said, right? I think this was the best decision in my life to join your story.
0: But is it because your story is focused only on startups? Like, why why is it so good?
1: First of all, I think the biggest difference between any media company, media organization in India and your story is that there is no cutthroat competition, which is very, very, it is very prevalent amongst journalists. So every journalist is always trying to stamp on the other journalist to get a story. uh Uh, even within the same uh, even internally inside an organization Uh, so the competition yeah it the competition comes down to that level it yeah
0: okay yeah yeah and within startup reporting itself generally are there specializations that different journalists would have
1: yeah there are just like in any anything right there are specializations but uh, not as much as there would be in any other beat like for example startups you have f- fintech startups you have food tech startups you have science technology you have internet of things you have wearables but uh, i, I wouldn't be. say that one journalist would take just fintech or one journalist would just take ad tech they would all take everything sort of because the the pie is still small so you can't really take a whole beat to yourself
0: i see i see so like right now your focus do you have a focus as such or uh,
1: I currently write about, I mean, I'm more of a features reporter, which means I write I write longer stories. I just don't focus on news. So I write about trends in the ecosystem. So for me, every area is my playground. Okay. okay. So I can write about trends in fintech or real estate or food tech or hardware, anything.
0: I see. I see. Okay. Okay so uh, i mean in your opinion it sounds like a very interesting area, right so in your opinion what do you think is the future of startup reporting like in the context of india
1: in india yeah this is this is the time to be a startups reporter in india like i think every reporter that comes out of any good university in india i think wants to be a startups reporter they either want to join your story or they want to join economic times or mint and uh, write about startups because it is also a very happening space. The bubble will burst soon. That's what experts say. But uh, it's not going to happen at least for the next half a decade. So people are out there. They really want to be in the scene. So I think there is a lot of scope for startup reporting.
0: Okay. And can you sort of take this experience and go join some other news outlet and change into some other kind of journalism?
1: Actually, I have thought about that many a time when people have asked me this, what would you do, you know, like if the bubble bursts, right. you, know, you know, you would be jobless, like what would happen then? But I would say there are always startups, right? There are always companies coming up, there are always new ideas and there are innovations happening. So um, I think I would say I would naturally progress into if if all else fails, then I would probably become a uh, business journalist, or I would pick science and technology.
0: Okay, yeah, those would be sort of the two most. Uh, yeah, they're, they're closest to startups
1: yeah, because yeah. startups are are usually either science or technology startups. Right? right,
0: right, right, right. Okay, and then I also wanted to touch on the financial aspects of working as mm-hmm. a startup reporter, of course, mm-hmm. in the Indian context. So, generally, how is the salary structured?
1: Well. <laughs> Journalists don't get paid, so this has been the trend from day one. Probably, back in like history, also people didn't get paid. Now, also people didn't get don't get paid. So I would say salary structures are very very dependent on your brand. So see, it is a very biased structure. There is no like, oh, you come out of Wharton, so you are definitely going to get a hundred and twenty thousand a year Mm -hmm. no it's not like that you could have come out from no matter where but it depends on who you are and what brand you've built that you will get a salary so i would say the salary versus time graph is exponential so the sooner you build your brand the higher your salary gets Mm -hmm.
0: but you know what this is a very interesting point so what you're highlighting is that It's not just sort of the brand of the news outlet that you're working with. It's also your personal brand as a journalist that matters.
1: It is not at all the news outlet. It is the personal
0: brand. Wow. So basically, it is a Parnaghosh that is writing a story, not a Parnaghosh. From your story. From your story. Right? No, 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 no. Wow. So how do you build that brand?
1: Um. I'm still struggling (laughs) well I would say the best way to build a brand right now is to be visible as visible as possible Mm -hmm. like if you if you get an opportunity to give a talk at like any any b-school yeah go for it if you get a chance to co-author a book yeah go for it if you if you get a chance to give a guest lecture go for it if you if you get a chance to host an event oh don't say no you know, mm-hmm. like these are things. Like your visibility is what builds your brand, and also, of course, see there is a visibility offline and there is a visibility online. Online is more easier to get. Uh, there is a person called Sidin. That's his uh, Twitter name, uh, okay. Sidin, and he has like two hundred and fifty thousand followers. He he works for Mint, and he just tweets really sarcastic things, and people love it. I love it. Like who doesn't like dark humor, right? Mm. So if you can build that kind of like, if you can build a following online, you automatically get a sort of offline visibility as well. That's so amazing. it's sort of, it is both ways. Like you build an offline presence, you'll also get online presence. Right, so right. I would say work on both sides.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so social media is very key. Social to, media is the key. Yeah. yeah right now. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how the salary can range depending on the, I mean, there seems, it doesn't seem to be a structure except for your own brand. So like what can that range look like?
1: So if you get placed on campus recruitment, there will usually be a structure, right? Because you're fresh out of college, you don't have a brand uh, and they've promised your uh, career uh, advisors that you will be paid this, this, this minimum. Hmm. So I would say Them excluded if you have to go one job to another job transfer, I would say it could range anywhere between 25,000 USD to 40,000 US dollars per year.
0: This is in the beginning, and that's that is it. That's it. That is in the beginning.
1: I, I mean, I'm talking about less than three, less than four years' experience.
0: I see. And then let's say someone who's been around for like 10 years, 15 years. Mm, Uh,
1: 10 years 15 years i would say you move to the next lab 40 to eighty thousand dollars
0: i see but
1: i don't think you ever you ever like go to a million dollars (laughs) i know except because if you spend the same time i banking uh, in investment banking or trading well you would have reached
0: 2 million by then Yeah, yeah 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 if you take someone who's similar bracket as let's say Arnav Goswami right who comes on TV Mm -hmm. and who has a lot Mm -hmm. of presence where would you I mean obviously you don't know what how much he makes maybe you do if you do then let us know but otherwise like someone of that caliber Goswami
1: well I would say he earns about five to six lakhs per month which is roughly about 60 lakhs right so which is about 100,000 100,000
0: USD 100,000 USD per year per year yes yeah Okay, I see. I mean, I'm guessing then do journalists also try and supplement their income with other things? Like like you said, you go write a book or you go yeah. speak at events?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know one other good journalist who hasn't done something on the side. I would say writing a book is a great thing to do. And guest lectures which are allowed or be a professor at a university, well, these are really good options to supplement your finance because as we all know like journalists don't get paid much so if your employer allows you to supplement your financial situation yeah you should always take the option
0: right right so that was part one of the discussion with Aparna Ghosh on startup journalism in India I hope that you're enjoying the discussion so far Aparna clearly has a lot of passion for this space. She's talking about what she's working on with so much interest, so much enthusiasm, and I really hope that you're finding the discussion helpful so far. Part two of the discussion is where our conversation continues, and Aparna talks about the day-to-day life of a reporter, what that looks like, and uh, it turns out that there isn't really a typical day for a reporter. She shares a very interesting story that she covered some time back. She covered a startup which decided to lay off a couple of hundred employees and so that's a very interesting story where uh, you get an idea of what the life of a reporter in this space might look like. She of course goes into the interesting and challenging aspects of the job and she also shares some very insightful and actionable tips for anyone who has any interest in startup journalism and giving it a shot in India. So do check it out. And of course, if you have any questions at all for Aparna or for me, you can email us at learn, educate, at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us. Our Twitter handle is at LED underscore QDATA. Of course, you can also find us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover. And if you like the page, you'll start getting updates on all the great content that we are putting together for you guys. If you want, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. We are available on all three. And that way you'll start getting our weekly episodes right there in your phone to listen to at any point in time. And if you really enjoy what we're doing, leave a review for us. It only takes a minute and it means a lot. As always, show notes from today's episode will be posted to our blog. You can find our blog at medium.com forward slash at LED underscore curator so that's it for part one do check out part two and with that adios